You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Before we get into the stories, I just wanted to apologize for the final story of my Spanish I don't speak Spanish, and I really tried my best to pronounce things the proper way from what I googled and tried to look up on YouTube. So to all of my Spanish-speaking fans out there, I am really sorry if I butchered any of these words. All that being said, I hope you all enjoy these stories, and if you ever want to send your own, you can send your own story at southerncannibal.com. I can't wait to narrate it. And without any more further interruptions, let's get into the stories. And remember, to always, stay hungry. So first off, this is my first story of many to share. This was about 20 years ago, and I had just graduated high school. I was pretty young and wild and unaware of the lot of the world's dangers. Plus, I grew up in a small quiet town in Arkansas, where pretty much everyone knew everyone. I was 19 years old, and at the time, AOL was the big thing. I had been chatting with a guy from New York City for like 6-7 to seven months on the phone and webcam, so I myself thought that I really knew him. He had offered to buy me a one-way plane ticket to New York City in order to see me. That should have been the first red flag. Why a one-way ticket? Anyways, though, he had bought both me and my friend who will refer to as K plane tickets. My parents kept telling me not to do it, that it's a very bad idea, but being young and dumb and a bit rebellious, I went anyways. We eventually landed, and he picked us up from the airport. On that night, we'd stayed at a house outside of New York City, and he said that the next day we'll go to the city. So we rested, and the next day we got into a strange car, and we then headed to NYC. I was honestly completely blown away and amazed. He then told me and Kay to go grab our stuff, and I'll park the car and be right back. So we then waited to the central train station for what felt like forever. So I had called his cell phone over and over, and then something absolutely insane happened. A police officer had answered his phone and said they had been arrested and that the car that we were in was actually stolen. And not only that, but he apparently also had a very high reputation for sex trafficking young women. Then it all hit me. He was probably intending to sell me and Kay, and we would have never been seen again by our families and friends. I started crying, not knowing anything about NYC with absolutely no money in my pocket and not really sure what the hell we were supposed to do next. It was a long day, and I called my parents. They had wired me some money through Western Union, which I had to locate, and they also got us a hotel and a plane ticket back home the next morning, so we had to get on a subway and find the hotel in Long Island. 
I want to thank the man upstairs for watching over us. I still can't believe my friend and I were almost taken away from our families, never to be seen or heard from again. It's extremely terrifying to think about that. Please stay safe, my friends. In 2013, I was a 9-year-old female. I'm now 19. I had moved to Germany for my mom's job. I lived in an apartment right across from a park. Now, this specific park was one like no other. It was different and unique. I'm from Ohio, so it was pretty interesting to me. My sister, who was 12, then decided to play at the park and thought it would be a good idea. My dad was the only parent home then, so we told him we would play at the park across the street. We then crossed the street and made our way to the park. As we were walking, I noticed a strange man on the opposite side of the street. I glanced at him, and I saw that he was already looking at my sister and I. This man, who we'll call John, looked homeless. He had a long gray beard, and he was on the heavier side. And overall, he just looked like he needed a shower. I noticed that he crossed the street, and then walked behind my sister and I. At that point, I had had a gut feeling that something was off. My sister and I had just entered the park at this point, and John had followed us all the way to the park, and had just stopped at the entrance and exit, blocking us from leaving the park. He was standing there and staring at us with a blank stare, looking like he had no life in his eyes. The park was on a hill, so my sister and I decided to run down it to get to the other side so he couldn't see us. We then noticed that he left, and then we decided to keep playing on the swing set. I really wish I could say that this was the end of the story, but the truth is way more disturbing. We then noticed that John was back, and he wasn't alone. He had brought another guy with him. Again, they just stood at the entrance and exit, blocking us from ever leaving. Right at that point, I ran to the other side of the park, my sister following me, and I was bawling my eyes out because I was terrified. My sister then decided it would probably be a good idea to leave through the original exit, and I refused and continued crying. Just for some context, this all happened in broad daylight. I then decided that I would hop the fence and go back home because I absolutely refused to go out of the way those guys were at. I was crying so loud that my dad had heard me from the apartment, and he then screamed out of the window to get home. I saw that the guys had ran away after they heard my dad yell for my sister and I. My dad had also seen these men run away as soon as he yelled for us. At that point, we both hopped on the fence and ran all the way back to the apartment. I was still crying because I was so scared and also thinking of what could have happened to us. Even though I was young, I still knew the importance of stranger danger because of all the datelines my mom watched and her telling me about it. Again. My sister and I were the only people at this park. I still can't wrap my head around why John followed us all the way to the park, then stood there, watched us, and then brought one of his friends to do the same. But I really hope I never find out. So, I'm a 40-year-old female, and the story happened to me when I was 27 years old. At the time, I had a car but it had been in the shop for like three weeks, so I had to walk everywhere. 
I grew up in a small town when I was younger, but we had moved to another town about 30 minutes away when I was about 10. We had visited the little town a lot because of my mom's side of the family was there. Well, when I was about 22 years old, I found out I was pregnant and my baby's father and I had gotten married. He wanted to be close to his parents who lived about an hour away and mine were only about 15 minutes away. So we compromised and we moved between the both of them, which put us back in the small town I grew up in. Now, a couple of years down the road, my then husband and I decided we were going to divorce. We had just bought a house, so money was pretty tight. So we were still in this house together and we had a disagreement. I decided I needed to take a walk and go clear my mind. It was around 10 o'clock at night during the summer. I know, very stupid idea. It's also dark and humid. I was wearing a skirt, a plain top, no makeup, and my hair was in a ponytail. I figured that I wouldn't attract any attention. I was wrong. As I'm about to turn down this small side street, this truck was driving by me very slowly. I hear this truck down another street, or so I thought. Then these headlights start shining on my back. My mind starts to think of a million things at once, but I was really trying my best not to show any panic. So I pretended that I'm going to this house that was very close. As I start to approach the porch and take out some of the keys, the trunk drives off. So I then think, great, the idiot left, and I start walking again, but not back to my house like a smart person should have. So I turn down another street, and the headlights show up again, and they're staying right behind me. I thought, okay, how am I going to get out of this? I then started praying so hard. I remember my husband telling me that there was a path between these houses that would lead me back to our street. We lived in a little dead-end street, and so if I took the path, I would come out near our street, and our house was two houses away from this path. I just needed this truck to be distracted so I could run to this path. Well, a car shows up behind this truck and honks its horn, and the truck takes off, and so do I. I then run to that path. I'm pretty sure the person in the car thought I was a nutcase running like wild. I get to our street and run to our house, and I see the truck pass by my street, and I then bang on the door, and my nephew opens it. I then burst inside and slam the door shut. I look out the window, and he goes by again, just looking at my house. My husband at the time wakes up, asking what the noise is all about. I then begin to tell him everything that's happened, and he goes and stands on the porch. The guy in the truck drives by one last time, and I call the cops. Of course, they don't do anything about it but tag my statement, and also telling me not to be walking around at night because this town isn't safe. I don't go anywhere at night unless I need to now, and it's always in a car now. I think I was around 7 to 9 years old when this happened. My mom had taken me to a local park not far from where we lived, and it was somewhere we would go regularly, usually with my dad, but he wasn't with us that day. He was probably at work. The park was pretty open so there were loads of different ways to get in and out. There was a large field to the left of the playground and the surrounding areas filled with plants and picnic areas, and walkways as well. 
It was always active with dog walkers, families, or kids playing on the equipment. One of the entrances to this park was a large gateway surrounded by big trees that formed a sort of archway. There was this really tall slide that was directly across from this archway. It was a fairly big park, so to walk from the archway entrance to the slide would have taken one to two minutes. It was a quiet day, and me and my mom were the only ones at the park. I vividly remember sitting right at the top of the big slide, getting ready to go down. I looked forward, and walking through the entrance directly across from me, I then saw the silhouette of this man walking through the trees into the playground. My heart sinks, and I immediately felt very bad vibes from this guy. I was already scared for some reason, and I didn't want to slide down and get any closer to this man. Something in my little mind told me to stay very clear of this guy. I went back down the steps of the slide and ran back toward the picnic bench and sat next to my mom. Now sure, I was an anxious kid, and I was practically mute with most people until my teen years. I just didn't like talking to most people, but I didn't have a problem playing when other people were around. It was a park after all, and I expected to see people around, but I had never had this type of feeling around any adult before. I just knew something was off. Even as a small child, I thought it was really weird that this grown-ass man was on his own, walking through the entrance of the park that takes you directly into the playground when he could have gone anywhere else. This place was massive after all, and I mean, he decided to walk straight towards a young woman and a small child. So I'm sitting next to my mom on the bench, and this guy actually comes and talks to us. I remember him saying something along the lines of, Oh, I hope I didn't scare you. I noticed that you didn't go down the slide. Don't let me stop you from playing. And he then proceeds to ask a bunch of questions, like what happened to my arm. I was wearing a sweatband, and he had mistook it for a bandage. My mom was trying to be friendly, but also being sure with him, and answering all of his questions with just a few words. I knew she too wanted to get rid of him. I was screaming in my mind for him to just please go away. We didn't move from the bench, and after what felt like an hour, he eventually ended up leaving. The entire conversation was super uncomfortable. I can't really remember if we had left straight away after that, but I do remember that I didn't move from her side until he was completely out of sight. I mentioned this guy to my mom a year or so back, and she said that she too was also super uncomfortable around him, which I didn't know at the time. She was saying that she thought that he was trying to persuade me to leave her so that he could grab me when she wasn't looking, and honestly, I think I believed that too. She also mentioned feeling uneasy afterward, and how she thought that maybe there was a car out of sight waiting to grab me. My instincts have always been pretty spot on, and it's really odd that we both had the same gut feeling about him. Maybe me and my mom both just sound crazy paranoid, but I genuinely think that that guy was up to no good, and I'm glad I followed my instincts. It was during Christmas break of 2022 when I visited my family in the northern Mexican state of Nuevo Leon. Northern Mexico has on and off been in the news for a number of kidnapping, gang and drug, and gun crimes especially those that resulted in the deaths of American tourists. For some background knowledge, I was traveling alone as a 14-year-old male because my parents had split, 
and my mom had no interest in going to visit my Mexican father's side of the family. The deal was that I would take a direct flight from Boston to Monterey, the capital of Nuevo Leon, where my uncle Juan would pick me up before we would drive an hour or so west to a small town. I had only met my uncle Juan once for my sister's quinceanera when I was around eight years old, so I only had vague memories of him. When I had safely made it to the airport, he was eagerly waiting for me at the gate. He wasn't exactly the kind of guy I would want to drive me through northern Mexico alone at night, due to the fact that he was five foot three and weighing somewhere in the 200s. I'm quite small myself at five foot five and 120 pounds, so neither of us looked the most intimidating. The only safety confidence I had was from the martial art classes I took weekly back in the States. Anyway, when he helped me put my bags in the trunk of the car and we got in, we sped off from the airport. We eventually left the city and went off on dirt side roads that looked more like hiking trails. Uncle Juan was a man of few words, making the drive extremely awkward. I simply stared out of the passenger's window of Uncle Juan's beat up van and all the pastures, especially the fruit plantations illuminated by the late night moon. This is how I was for around 30 minutes of the drive, that is until Uncle Juan veered off from the road and then pulled into a sketchy looking gas station. Shit, we're nearly out of gas, he said angrily in Spanish. I didn't pay much attention to the area of the gas station, and I simply just listened to music on my phone until a large pickup truck pulled in aggressively next to us. Uncle Juan had gotten out of the van and had gone inside to pay for the gas. So there I was, left all alone in the van. I took a closer look at the pickup truck, and I noticed that six heavy-set men were riding in the back, holding guns taller than them. They also wore black bandanas covering their face from the dust that rolled in from the desert. I began to panic as the driver got out and began to approach the driver's window of my uncle's van, his face covered by a bandana. Where's your father at, Cambrosito? He asked me in a very thick Spanish accent. I simply sat there wide-eyed, looking like a deer in the headlights. Um, not here. I replied in a scared tone. You got any pesos? I can't afford the gas. He asked, suddenly pulling on the driver's side door, trying to open the van. That's when I lost my shit, and I had to come up with a plan to get myself out of the car before he tried to kidnap me. Several children in Mexico my age were kidnapped in a similar manner. Um, yes, let me go into the gas station to get my uncle. I finally replied. The man looked like he was about to say something more, but I just threw open the van door and made a run for it into the gas station. My uncle was chatting it up with the clerk. I quickly explained to them the issue, and the clerk grabbed his pistol from behind the counter, and we ran out into the parking lot. The truck was gone now, but the driver's side door was wide open. We found it odd that it appeared they didn't try and take anything when we got back in, but we obviously weren't complaining. Are you ready to leave? Uncle Juan asked me. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. I replied in Spanish. He started up the van and proceeded to pull out of the parking lot. The van wouldn't budge. Uncle Juan looked extremely confused and pissed off. He jumped out of the van and ran around it in circles, checking all the tires and then opening the hood to examine the damage. They slashed our tires, he exclaimed. 
The court called us a tow truck, which took us in the van to my family's home, where I spent the rest of the vacation unharmed and without any other issue. I'm not really sure of the true intentions of those men, or if they were cartel kidnappers, but I'm sure as hell happy that I listened to my own instincts to get out of that car before anything worse could happen. I don't plan on visiting northern Mexico for a long time. This story has surely taught me to always trust my instincts whenever I'm in a sketchy situation or a bad area.